will not be lectured on my food choices. It's Radio Free Topag and I'm Audrey. I'm Donovan. Yes. Yes, I ordered soup. Yes, I'm going to eat it on mic. <laughs> this week joining us, uh, let's let's bring her in here before uh, I take you to task about your, no task. <laughs> your no dinner task options this evening. Uh, we have actor... Uh, and my acting teacher and generally awesome person, Serafina Vecchio, joining us. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Now, uh, we start each episode by talking about what the worst possible food to be eating into the mic during the recording is. That's kind of a tradition is, on this program. I would. It is, I would like to point out, November 21st. That's true. I will not be lectured on choosing to have soup with my dinner. I will not. And in fact, my dinner is arriving now, so I will be right back. <laughs> oh my fucking God. <laughs> we'll get back to this in a second. Cool. Cool. Uh, Seraphine, you've listened to the show. You know how these intros typically go. We have a little I bit do. of sparring back and forth on uh, what Audrey's having for dinner into the microphone. That's We're a healthy relationship up. right there. <laughs> the relationship between a woman and her food and the podcasting audience who maybe don't like chewing or slurping noises. And I, we'll get I, to the bottom yeah. of that soon. <laughs> Which one of those is possibly the worst? Uh, but do you want to, do, we'll, we'll do something unusual this time. Do you want to uh, introduce yourself? What do you do? And uh, what, sure. uh, yeah, before, as we wait for Audrey to return. Uh, hi, my name is Serafina. I'm an actor in Chicago. I'm also a teacher at a studio in Chicago and a college and all that stuff. Coach some monologues, do some auditions. I'm a professional auditioner, really. Oh, and then yeah. I, you know, yeah. And then I just help people do their auditions and then live vicariously through them when they get them. And that's I'm my that's career. Be the case. <laughs> it better be. You're helping me with some stuff right now that I'm that I'm very excited about. That I'll. I'm I'll, trying. You're going to book that that uh, production of Music Man in the middle of Ohio one day. You're going to do it. I know you've been dream. trying. Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> My dream since I was a child. You, you want to play Harold Hill? Yep. And cool. returning to the returning to the program, we have Audrey with her bag of food. I can't hear you yet. I don't have headphones on. She can't what hear What was the joke yet. you just made? I said, I'm returning to the program. We have Audrey and her bag of food. Yeah. W what have you got for us? Well, let's do a little unboxing. What do you say? Let's see. Another classic segment on our program, the unboxing section at the beginning of the show. And what will she reveal? Tomato bisque. And we've got the bisque. Italian wrap sandwich. And we have an Italian wrap sandwich. Yeah. Is that it? Are you ready? Are you ready, listener? <laughs> I am going to mute my mic. You talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to smash this. I am going to mute my mic and turn my camera off so you don't have to watch me eat. If, if I have anything important to say, I will unmute and pop right in. Okay? I'm here. I'm engaged. I'm listening. I'm also very hungry. Now I'm between uh, b between soup being the worst or the best possible food for a podcast because we do drink beverages on this podcast. I burp into the microphone. It's no secret. This isn't a buttoned up operation. 
And now soup has slurp noises, but sl- soup is also closer to a beverage than a food, possibly being being liquid. Serafina, what is your what is your take? <laughs> You're fascinated. You are fascinated with I'm just, I've been, soup. I have been watching you eating the soup and just hoping for some slurps. I mean, you know, you, I'm you, being you, very you, careful. You, you just you don't get. We said this before okay, we good, started. Let's I get think. a good we, one. You, yeah. Yeah, gorgeous. Is that good? It's gorgeous. The, the clarity, the tone. It was really nice. Yeah. You know, it makes good me want to buy a suit. Like, as far as like voiceover work, your book <laughs> at Campbell's is going to be all over this. Get her number one you know slurper what? in the Isolate that. United States. Send it to somebody. It was almost ASMR like because I am sensitive to food noises and it's usually crunches that get me, but the mm. autonomic slurp, slurp response. Of- of a, of a Meridian. <laughs> the soft slurp of a tomato bisque on a cool November evening. It's actually kind of uh, it's actually kind of cozy in here. Maybe it's I'm cozy. turning around on this whole thing. Makes me want to go home for the holidays. Absolutely, it's a festive episode. Now on I'm the other end, I have to involve myself. I have to unmute. I'm sorry, listener. You're gonna get to listen to me. It's not a particularly loud dinner, really. I'm, um, I am yeah. impressed. And a wrap is on the other section, which is not crunchy, possibly like the least crunchy sandwich. If I were my grandpa, I would say, is this an Italian wrap sandwich, R-A-P? Nice. And then that can get a little noisy. <laughs> like bringing noise and or funk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and what beverage do we have? Oh, this would be a uh, delicious Diet Summit Cola. Excellent. Yeah. The trifecta, the podcaster's trifecta, the wrap, the bisque, and the Diet Summit. Mm -hmm. We're always saying this on the program. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, yeah. All right, let's get this sucker back on the tracks. Uh, Serafina, you've you've heard some of these episodes. We have a a one-two punch that uh, that we hit new guests with. Uh, and I'll get ready for the jab of this one. We spent months, maybe years at this point in the lab developing these questions. But this oh. is a show about relationships. And so our yeah. first question for you is, what, what's your relationship to relationships? What's your status? How do you feel about them? All right. So I my, my status at the moment is I am extremely happily married. Almost oh, two years. One of the yes. best statuses. Yes. I'm also going to be 47 years old in two days. <clears throat> Happy birthday, Serafina. Um, Happy birthday. Happy thank birthday. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so I have a little bit of experience behind me, and I am a divorced person as well. And I have a couple Ooh. kids. And I, I would say that as cool as I probably think I am reflecting on my past relationships, I'm just one giant cliche. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So does that, does that answer your question? I think so. But it's intriguing, right? <laughs> that means you got, that means you got experience with which to give the, the listeners advice. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's certainly both of us haven't gone through I don't know. I think I've been through three, four breakups in the in the five, six year run of this program. Ooh. Neither of us yeah, are in a relationship right now. We uh, we'll have people come on sometimes who are like, 
I don't know if I can give good advice. Like, uh, you know, I've been married for 20 years and we're always like, part of me is like, okay, you know what, like a successful marriage has. And also we want to like boost those people. But also most of the people writing into this program aren't like, uh, uh, I I feel like they're in a different situation than a person who gets married, like right out of high school. And not to ding any of those people's advice, because oftentimes, like, they bring something good to the table. But I think our our mishaps probably make us better at this program than had I gotten married at, at fucking 20 or something along those lines. Right. Well, that was one of my cliches. I got married when I was 21 years old. Oh, shit. To an army guy. Oh, Uh-oh. no. The classic. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Oh, well. <laughs> It was really, it was just, just superb. Um, no, uh, it was, a, it was a mess, and uh, and I was his second wife. Oh, I t- <laughs> was he also twenty one? No. Oh, that oh my god, how embarrassing! He was twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you, cliche, man. It was so bad. It was so bad. Still, still going for going for round two at uh, at twenty eight. How did you uh, How did you meet this person? Well, did it last long at all? We don't. We don't have to dive into the deal. details on any of these particular ones, but I am interested. When I say cliche, so like you got the the army guy who goes away to basic training that decides he's going to ask his girlfriend to marry him, and the little girlfriend is like, "Oh my god, yes, of course!" Because right now I'm I'm alone in our apartment in Chicago with the cat. I need something to do. Let's plan a wedding. Absolutely. And also, cliche number eighty six is daddy issues. Because my dad died mm. when I was fifteen, oh, and no. never like it was just such a shit show. And it was like, "Oh, now take care of me," right? <laughs> So you got those couple things, and then you have then you have a couple kids who are the you know my gems of my world, and I love them so much. So that's one you know two wonderful things that came out of there. But uh, yeah, I met him at a party at Eastern Illinois University. Was this like when you were in school? I had I was visiting down there I think I had just moved back from an amazing time in living in London because I I had to leave the country to deal with my daddy issues and (laughs) I didn't really deal with them I really didn't deal with them I just drank them away you know what I mean for for now came back and was like oh the beer didn't take care of me let's have this guy take care of me so yeah that's what happened how long how long did this run Shit. Um, it was about two and a half years before I realized, oh no, right? Oh, oh this is up. this is really a bit. This was my mom was right. <laughs> like, I really should have listened to my mom. And uh, but uh, we were married ten years and four days. Woof. Hey, was yeah. it one that like you feel like? You know, this relationship fall, fell apart because you, you, you know, you jumped into it too young. You had not figured things out yet. Or was it more like the dynamic of the person? Yes. Just a <laughs> <laughs> Ideal. Okay. So, um, number one, I was a totally a child bride, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, number two, like, this is my own experience with the military. God bless you. 
if you're in the military and you're doing a great job, this is just how military affected my personal experience. Um, went in as one person and came out completely different. Mm. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I mean, we're still, you know, friends and fine and he's remarried and, you know, my kid's stepmom is lovely and great. So it's not like there's not a lot of, it's not super no dramatic. Really. Yeah. No, no. And if I were him, I'd probably be really mad at me. <laughs> but he's not, so I guess I'm lucky. <laughs> nice. I mean, that yeah. says something to be able to navigate that well, because that's especially being yeah. young going into that and like yeah. having kids involved and having to yeah. navigate all of those different things. If you can keep that on good terms and come out of the other side like that, it's oh, honestly you have to. impressive. You have yeah. to. And we have one of our kids has um, has special needs and, you know, navigating that and, you know, doing doing all that stuff. So it was it's been um, it's been an adventure for sure. But I know that it could have been an absolute nightmare and yeah. we chose not to make it a nightmare. What, so, uh, good for me, on. huh? Good for me. We, we give you a, <laughs> we give you a salute. There's a military yeah. pun intended. Like the there. Army guy. Even though that's something we just do on this program because I like saluting (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little confused on man's timeline. So he's 28 years old and goes off to basic training? Yes. He joined the military at 28. He actually joined at 27. Then they asked me, and then we got married when he was 28. So he joined at 27. Yeah, he... um, What a choice. Yeah, it was very interesting. He got... um, he just he wanted to go back to uh, school, and the army, of course, said, "Hey, we'll pay your student loans." Yeah, uh, I think it took twelve years for them to pay it or something like that. Like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. I never really bought it. I was never happy with it, but I was like, "All right, well, that's what you want to do." Yeah, sure. Okay, you came yeah. back. And, yeah, and like you know, the Iraq War happened, and all that stuff, and all that stuff. It's going to be like a little, a complete, like, you know, global conflict where thousands of thousands of people died. Um, a little thing. Yeah, Thank yeah, God yeah. I'm okay. You know about uh, that stuff. <laughs> We're focused on the real. We're focused on the real part of it here. Um, yeah, so it was, just, it was really, it was really fucked up. But, That's so you know, goofy. It's really goofy. Like, so, but it's a cliche. Mm-hmm. It, like, you know... And I didn't realize I was just a walking cliche until maybe, you know, just like a few years ago. It's like, oh, God, how embarrassing. I'm sorry, everybody. What is <laughs> it's it, OK. Uh... I'm a trans woman who plays video games, Magic the Gathering and has a podcast. It's OK to be a cliche. You can be a cliche. It's all right. All right. I mean, I, thank you. All right. I lift my glass to you. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes cliches, cliches are good. So getting out of yeah, something like for that, reason. though. When you're, you know, you're, you're, you get married young for that long and then are on the other side of it, trying to date and all of that. How, how was that? I mean, you're, you're married now and it's oh. in a, it's in a good place, but yeah. I'm, you know, you get out of something like that, you kind of got to figure yourself back out. But so then good. also there's just the practical element of like, how the fuck do I start dating again? Oh, like in my case, as aggressively as you possibly can. <laughs> here's, here's cliche number 512. You've seen those divorce <laughs> ladies that are like in their early 30s that are just trying to make it work. Yeah. There was me. There was me. Date number that two. Where nice do you see this I, going? Yeah, seriously. seriously. <laughs> and I was like, I'm free. I'm going to live my 20s. Um, 
and uh, that was my early thirties, where my were my delayed yeah. 20s which was just you know how embarrassing again um and i had all these you know girlfriends who were single and and uh we were always just going out and just living like like it was the end of the universe <laughs> the end of days was upon you us. know it was like let's just do everything we possibly can my dog is whining hang on a second sorry oh poor puppy he wanted to come What's... in here and then i started talking now he's like get me out of here go <laughs> What's the doctor's name? His name is Watson. Oh, and we are we are pet sitting another sweet sweet baby girl who's 16 years old, a dog. Um mm. and uh and he's just beside himself with jealousy. He's like, "How could oh, you yeah. let this bitch into our house?" <laughs> What are you doing? How could how could you are do you, this to us? But are you fucking it. serious? This this elderly creature <laughs> that needs seriously <laughs> like it's the infection. holidays. Everybody's suffering. <laughs> oh fuck it! Hey, tell me about it. I'm in retail, baby. It's hard. <gasps> no. It's hard. Oh, I'm sorry. I did Real that one time. I'll never do it again. Yeah. Real salutes up yes. for the troops of the store. Yes. Including Audrey. <laughs> I tell yes. you, it's, you know, I, you know, li- eagle-eared listeners will notice that I have not been bitching nearly as much about my workplace because my job's actually kind of chill now, which I we don't love hate. this. So that's pretty good. For the first, uh, I don't know, four years of this program, you were a frontline troop in yep. one of the worst retail battalions. That you, and I'm running out of military <laughs> rights. I don't know fucking anything. In one of the worst possible places. I was in the is... Coles division. And it was, uh... I forget we can say the name now. Yeah, we can say we can say the names of, of that uh, retail establishment. It was called the unnamed retail establishment for years. Mm. And then I revealed that it is, in fact, Coles. And now I work at the unnamed high-end retail establishment, which is much better. Okay. That's that. Uh, mm-mm. I worked at a Borders yeah. on a Black Friday once. Mm-mm. Ooh, yeah, that seems bad. Yeah, so I can't imagine what a Coles would be like on a Black Friday. That's crazy. Horrifying. I had to. I had to eat. Um, I had to eat a Valium. Uh, my first uh, Black Friday. I was off of Valium my first Black Friday, and uh, spent most of the day just kind of like ringing shit out and being like. I like this sweater. That's pretty good. That's a pretty cute right. sweater. And they're just Look looking at, at me like, <laughs> You'll get your turn, man. Let's yeah. try, try, try it on. Come on, baby. You want to try? Come on, if I try to sweat real quick. I don't know why I made it drunk. <laughs> Can I try on your sweater? Some, sometimes that's got that energy. I've also seen the benzo energy on people where you just stand in the corner silently for the duration of the party. It's a and real big thing. You're just not That's... worried about it. It's fine. It I will say the, the the real tragedy of uh, you working at Coles on the holidays was when I made a lump of Coles joke and we couldn't use it because it would reveal the name of the workplace. <laughs> That's it's probably, too bad. That's the toughest pill to swallow of that I entire had to bleep odyssey. It. I did. I bleeped it. All right, Seraphina. Well, wait, 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 I'm so sorry. I have to go back. Yeah, to I don't this. know how we got here. Well, no, 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 no. I went back to Coles because my. I mean, I, you're way more interesting than I am. Your oh. Coles 
your your how why the reveal like what brought upon what brought on the reveal oh uh i got a new gig like i left got it i was like you had you had i, I was thinking maybe you had you know had an nda with coles or something for a while or or just like they, blood packed i was under their social <laughs> i was under their social media policy wherein you could not um disparage your workplace in any way on social media and all i did was talk shit so i couldn't fucking tell where i worked i could just say yeah the unnamed retail establishment where i work sucks and i hate it <sighs> okay, page, Mr. Two, Putin. page two section 14 <laughs> your co-host uh, on a podcast is not permitted to make a lump of coals joke it's kind of one of the big tenets in the social media policy. And I always had qualms with that one. So I'm glad you got out. Yeah, it was. It worked. It worked out well for everyone then. That's true. All right. We got to hit you with uh, the, the, the second question of our of our big interview up top. Right. Do you have an embarrassing dating or relationship story that we could hear? Well, I think I just told you the most embarrassing one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that 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 period of my life is very embarrassing. Um, I don't know if we've gotten a ten year long story, <laughs> a story that oh, takes place over the course oh, of ten years. God. I have an entire case of beer. If you want to sit on here all night and just like let's go, <laughs> it sounds great. Because uh, yeah, um, I so the uh, the funny thing that happened when I was in that that you know party party phase right post divorce cliche phase that cliche mm -hmm. the third mm -hmm. one um everybody that i met and i was like i was feeling like oh my god i'm on top of the world i'm queen of the town i can get i can get go out with anybody blah 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 blah, blah. everybody i met turned out to be a republican oh, <laughs> oh <no>. damn it <laughs> embarrassing to me <laughs> i wish i had something like super juicy but to me that is just like what and so i remember i remember like when i found out i i i was dating this guy that i called caveman boyfriend and <laughs> that sounds good wait why is he caveman and boyfriend you can't well, drop that one without some context he was he was like really into hockey Okay. That's a cable yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah. And like he was just really like uh, Oh, you're gonna have to cut this because I can't figure out the word. Well there's there's some dead air. Hold on. <laughs> Take your time, you're good. It's like a Neanderthal. Yeah. It's really simple. It's primal. Yeah. Primal is the word I was looking for. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and he was just, I mean, he was really pretty, but really dumb. <laughs> I'm, I'm whispering like he's here. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's not the person I married. Who's um, in the other room probably listening to us being like, uh, we need to talk. Caveman husband. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I remember like, oh, this is so great. This guy's so hot. This is guy, blah, 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 blah. We went out for dinner. And for some reason, I paid. Oh, no. And I was like, okay, we can do this. I mean, maybe this is just where I am. And, you know, I, I don't even know why I said that. I pay all the time. Um, 
Ook, ook, no have debit card. Ook, ook, no have debit He was like trying to pay in like in rocks and fire. And, yeah. He was like, he drug me in and out of the restaurant by my hair. I was like, part, part of me loves this. Part of me is like, I don't think this is going to work with my kids. I don't, I don't know. Um, but in the, in the car ride home, from that, like we had hung out before dinner at his place, doing what what you do, and go we go to dinner, and then coming back, he like revealed to me of his political views, which were like, I'm talking super right. Oh yeah. no! And this is in 2007. Like we didn't even know the shit that was possible then. Yeah, like, we were just <laughs> babies. We were itty bitty babies thinking that George W. Bush was the worst person on earth, right? We didn't fucking know. We were daring the universe. So he gets out of the car. It's the last time I saw him. And he and I was like, okay, great. And I was very obvious with my disdain for the saying. He goes, mm. you just I can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast. He goes, you just got fucked by a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a line. <laughs> and I'm picturing like a stone tool using motherfucker saying this. Like caveman lawyer. Do you remember Phil Hartman as caveman lawyer? Yeah, 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 you remember yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah, that's like what we that's why we just called him caveman boyfriend. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking funny. You just got fucked by a Republican. It's coming it's coming out of the fucking Geico caveman's mouth. He's like <laughs> Upsetting on so many levels. Good lord. I'm your teacher, wow. Donovan. I was your teacher. <laughs> we did not hear the caveman story in the yes, classroom. Like, what if that was like my opener? Okay, we're gonna do some icebreakers. Here's mine. I, so I have some connections in caveman space. boyfriend. I did an actor in a series of successful gigs for the insurance company. Seriously. His politics were revealed, unfortunately, and the relationship had to end. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, that was I'll never forget that because it was just like it was such a mic drop on his part. I was like Oh yeah. Oh no. And then I had to drive back to my house in the suburbs. And I was like, it can't get any worse. This is the worst it could possibly get. <laughs> oh, my first world white girl problems. <laughs> uh, what would be a good poll? What would be a good poll? Uh, that guy turned out to be... Uh, who's one of them oh, shitters? Yeah. One of the shitheads. You know what was, I mean? Yeah, it was... Uh, What's Steven Crowder. I mean, it turns out that guy was Steven Crowder. Uh, Matt Gates. Ooh, he's that's a little, a good he's, one. A little more, he's a little more cave. He's a little more caveman, yeah. He looks like a what, like, what if it was like and he was Dick Cheney? Oh, no, no. <laughs> to be like you got you have very particular taste, Seraphina. <laughs> you were just saying he was <laughs> very hot. You fucked Donald Rumsfeld? What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. You know very what? It was a tough your... time. <laughs> Daddy was... issues make you do very strange things. It was a divorce. I had the kids. There was the military. There was a whole shock and awe thing. My dad wasn't around to save me. It was on theme. 
<laughs> it was on theme for the time period. <laughs> oh my god! Well, we appreciate you sharing these these tales. Incredible, an extremely good, embarrassing dating story. Uh, I think we've revealed all of ourselves to uh, uh, have experienced some dating tumultuousness. How about we turn these lessons that we've learned? and use that energy to help our listeners with their questions. Are we ready to hit the question box? Into it. But first, a word from our sponsor. Oh, hey, it's, oh, it, it's me, Caveman Donovan. <laughs> grunka, grunka. Whatever Caveman said back in the day. Hey, when I'm not flaking away pieces of uh, shale, into uh, <laughs> blades to scrape the meat out of caribou hides. You know what I like to do with my cave free time? What's that? I like to turn the big pebble knob on my rock speakers and swipe away on my big rock tablet over to the Radio Free Tote Bag podcast. It's a show about relationships. Oh, they're great. But there's a lot of free time out here in cave world. Like when you're hiding from a saber-toothed tiger, or when there's an eclipse and you think the world is ending, and one episode a week <laughs> simply isn't enough. Let me let you in on a little piece of technology that will change the, the, the path of human evolution. It's called patreon.com slash RFTB, the place where you can trade five rock bucks a month for a bonus episode each week. It's as simple as that, and support the beautiful hosts of that program, patreon.com slash RFTB, now available in different time periods. Now available <laughs> in BC, patreon.com slash RFTB. Grunka, grunka. Grunka, grunka. Why was that when I came up? With? <laughs> <laughs> Question Hit it. it. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, Whoa! Whoa! Yeah! Oh, good yeah. lord. It's time for the question box. The segment yeah. of the show where you, the listener, can send your questions into us and we do our best to answer them. How do you do that? It's simple. Head on over to our social media at RFTB Pod on Instagram and Twitter at RFTB and the other stuff on Blue Sky or our website, RFTB.me. You don't have to make an account. Oh. You just hit that question box link and then you type your question in and you press that send button and we get it and we give you the best goddamn advice on the planet. Audrey, what are we reading first? What up again, tote folks? What's up? What's up? It's an update from the guy who bagged the shoddy with the tism from a month or two ago. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify one thing, I was getting her to talk a ton about stuff she was interested in and wanted to make sure she didn't feel like she was carrying the conversation all the time. Per your suggestion, we talked about it and great news. We're full on dating. Hell yeah. She called it getting R worded. (laughs) Oh my fucking God. Much Jesus. love to you all. Thanks for the great show. Oh my God. <laughs> Listener. Oh no. Do you have the pass with in that situation? I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think so. But 
but I think relationship <laughs> is different. Getting R worded? Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me find this. Let me find this. Jesus Christ. I thought I read this one. <laughs> okay, relationship. Yeah, relationship. <laughs> I thought she called, for some reason, called starting the relationship getting R worded. And I was like, she, what the yeah. fuck kind of joke is she meant I relationship? It. Yeah. Saying the word R worded. I thought they were saying that like she called it that. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> For context, this is an update from somebody who did were they autistic also? I can't remember. They were they were dating somebody who was uh very like upfront about being on the spectrum and they were struggling with like keeping conversation going, basically, right? Yeah. We were we're kind of like, what do what do we tell them? Ask like ask more like, questions specific to them. Try to see what they're into. Exactly. It was it was something along the lines of like, uh, if their tism is anything like my tism, it has a lot to do with getting them onto a subject with which they are very familiar and very passionate, and they will just tell you all about the shit. Yeah. Well, so a score point for us. We love a positive update where it works out, and you. Uh, uh, you end up starting up a relationship out of this. That makes me very happy. I don't think we'll be putting getting R worded in the lexicon of the program. I don't think we're going to use that. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> we're not saving that one. <laughs> that is a very funny joke. But she did not translate hearing it versus good, good fucking Lord. Uh, congratulations. I did enjoy I did enjoy bag the shoddy with the tism. I did enjoy that quite a bit. Jesus fucking Christ. I hate to put that into Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> Middle-aged lady Google Translate. I have the app. You know, font 26. <laughs> we, need to, we need to parse the vernacular of these, of these folks writing in. Well, thank you very much. We're glad our advice could help. And keep on rocking. <laughs> good <laughs> jesus christ let's get another question <laughs> okay uh all right buckle in this is a longer one but it's about to be thanksgiving i think it is thanksgiving when this episode comes out and this oh, deals yeah, with some family tough times and i bet a bunch of you are currently dealing with that and could maybe use uh some some advice in this category uh, so let's, let's get into this. Hey, Audrey, Dono, and guests. Hello. Howdy. Thank you for not forgetting the guest. I've got a hell of a humdinger. If you're willing to read through this, well, golly gee, I am. For going on two decades now, my immediate family has cut off all ties to my father's side of the family. Mm. My paternal grandpa and grandma never approved of my mother, and things escalated to the point where my dad had to choose my mom over his parents and siblings. I don't know all the details as I was very young when it happened, and it's still very much a sore spot that I don't like prodding into any more than is polite. For all my parents' many, many faults, I fully respect and honestly revere their decision to cut off my grandparents. Conditional love isn't really love at all. Uh, strangely, my dad's side of the family has always had a soft spot for me. Despite being the spawn of my, quote, lesser than mother, Jesus Christ, that sucks. I was always treated as a perfect angel, getting lavish Christmas presents and silver dollars on my birthday. 
When my first sibling came along, they were, they were left in the dust. I was obviously the favorite. It still holds true to this day. A few years ago, <clears throat> my new aunt, uncle recently married, uh, DM'd me on Instagram asking to meet up when she and my uncle were at my college for a basketball game. I agreed, interested in what this would bring. The meeting didn't end up happening, and I reverted to keeping my distance. In the past month, my aunt has started using my phone number to, quote, check in on me. She says that my grandma is having a rough time not having me in her life. I've also received some texts from what are presumably my grandparents, I never gave them my number, sending prayers for a good life for me. Mm. I haven't replied to any of these texts, grandma or aunt. They've also started stalking my youngest sibling, who I'm not even sure they've met in person, on Facebook, praising them in the comments for their accomplishments in high school performing arts. When I get messages from this side of the family, it takes me days to even open them. I don't know if it's fear or what, but this is obviously something that burns me deep whether I want it to or not. For reasons I can't get into, I've never really had an extended family that has loved me. At this point, I'm shunned by practically everyone on my mom's side of the family. I'd call any member of my extended family an acquaintance at best. What I'm getting at is that I'm tempted to have an actual family beyond the confines of my nuclear unit, have a grandpa and grandma before they kick the bucket sometime soon. But I'm also, obviously, held back by their attitudes toward my mother in the past. If I open up to them and they find out I'm practically everything I presume they don't want me to be, a college dropout, a leftist, someone who's turned their back on the church, they might change their opinion of me and shun me just like my parents. But even worse, what if I'm still their little angel? What do I, or why do I deserve unconditional love, whereas hating my mother is worthy of losing a son over? Why do my siblings still have to prove themselves in order to get the kind of attention I'm getting? To get down to brass tacks, should I just keep shunning my grandparents, doing the very same thing my mom's side of the family has already done to me? Do I reach out to my grandparents over text? Do I tell my parents that I've been getting clandestine messages from three of the people they hate most in the entire world? I feel like the weight of my entire family is on my shoulders. Like I'm supposed to either fix everything or doom my siblings and I to a life without grandparents and aunt and uncle and a family Christmas like we used to do before everything was cut off. I could probably write a book trying to give context. This is a lot, but this is a lot as is. Thank you too for being so honest and inclusive on your show. It's helped boost my confidence and RFTB is my new go-to comfort podcast to listen to at work. That's Hell yeah, go. thank you. Uh, and thank you guests for bringing new audiences to the show. Shout out House of Decline for bringing me here and providing nice. your helpful input. Signed, in the shit in Indiana. Good signature. Wow. One of the biggest questions we've had on here in terms of length, but also people involved in this and like yeah. family dynamics. Like this is multiple the generational. The weight of it. Yeah. Have either of you dealt with like a cutoff family member trying to reestablish contact or any of that kind of thing? I yeah. never have. I mean, <sighs> like I have not like they haven't really tried to reestablish contact or anything, but uh, I have for the most part uh, completely cut out extended family. I just don't have them in my life. I just don't. Um. My uncle uh, continues to dead name me whenever I am referenced. Uh, yeah, fuck, and yeah. uh, I skipped my cousin's wedding because of that. 
And I let everyone know that that was why I was like, well, you know, he won't fucking respect me and I don't need that shit in my life. So I'm not going to go. So y'all have a good time. Uh, Enjoy your wedding. Uh, And I really don't feel. (sighs) Maybe sometimes I feel like I'm missing something. Maybe sometimes I feel like something could be a little more full in my life in that way. But also. Fuck them. <laughs> like, yeah. if, it's, if it's a hassle and a problem and would bring complication and difficulty to your life, fuck them. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at on this, too. Because it's very frustrating because that is such an understandable want to have, like, an extended family who's cool and that you're close with. Like, that's an understandable relationship to want to wanna have in your life. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky. Most of that is, is okay. In my life. Um, there is, there is an exception with my mom's family with, a an uncle of mine who like cut the entire family off, like before I was born Wow, and, uh, has always existed in kind of like this gray area. I've only met him once. I don't entirely know the details of it. Uh, and certainly it's not to the extent of, of this, of like, your grandparents describing, you know, your, your mom in that way as like less than, and all of that stuff. Like there's something deeply fucked in that, like just judgmentally and the weird talking down to somebody. And I mean, to anybody, but particularly somebody in your family like that, that you, they would just completely cut them off like that. You know, I, I feel like there's so many elements of this to address that it's, it, it, it's going to be difficult to like break it down piece by piece. But I think generally if you know enough of those details that they were that shitty to your parents, but they're kind of like, I don't want to like throw this terms or this term around, but this feels like love bombing shit to just get yeah. a bunch of messages from them. And then they're sending those to your siblings of, Oh, you're doing so great in this stuff. To me, that reads as like a, we're trying to show you that actually we're great and your parents were wrong to cut us off. Like that feels like manipulative shit. And in the context of everything that happened and the fact that it's like stressing you out this much, that it's hard to open these messages. You haven't had a relationship with them up to this point. This doesn't seem good. I don't, my gut feeling is just nothing good is coming out of this. I feel very similarly. Oh, please. Yeah. Can I interject? Cut me out if it's ridiculous. I would be if this. I, I'm looking at that at this as if this were one of my kids or one of my kids' friends. You know, it sounds like a young adult person, yeah. maybe in their twenties, early twenties, maybe I don't know. Um, and I think before they can answer those questions, they have to really decide. They have to look at what they already have as far Mm. as family and it doesn't mean the people that they're blood related to you know that like what fulfilling things do they have in their lives even if you're not blood related to someone those people can give you the same things do they have what they need and and analyze that and then actually look at what they want do they want a relationship because they don't have to have anything that they don't want and if For anybody sure. tells them different, well, bye. Yeah. I'm going to go live my life 
And it does sound like love bombing to me. And it sounds very manipulative. Um, but maybe there, maybe those people are also going, well, you know, it's the only way we have, and you know, we could die tomorrow. So we're going to try to do it now, you know? Um, but it does feel like love bombing, but I think that they need to kind of look inside themselves and think, what do I want? And do I have those things already Then I don't need this? Right. Thank you. But no, thank you. Being able to tell that your siblings are not as favored, you know, like early on in life, that's pretty fucked. Um, Mm -hmm. The favoritism and uh, the fact that you have an inkling that they might not enjoy that you're like a leftist and a college dropout and all of these things that are just true about you. They're just things that are true about you. You can't, you're not going to change those things. And if they're not going to accept you, if they learn of those things, then they're not worth having in your life. Definitely. And and to Serafina's point, like you've got people in your life already who support you for the person that you are and aren't, you know, trying to use weird tactics or showing that weird favoritism. Yeah. I, I kind of blanked on that element. Like that alone, that there's that weird favoring of you versus your siblings, that's not normal. You know, that's a weird way to treat people. And that's a huge red flag in and of itself. And I do have the same thing of like, ah, but what if they're near death and they are trying to make amends like that? And that's a hard thing to like reckon with because I'm sure you're thinking about that, listener. But I think this is a fucking bad can of worms. And I think, like, even if they have the purest of intentions here, this is going to cause, like, a lot of tumultuousness with your family members. who They've clearly done, like, some fucking shitty, awful shit to enough that they completely cut them out of their lives. I just don't think, I don't think this is worth it, you know? And, like, maybe a light kind of what you're doing, like a you know, cordial response to them to some degree, yeah. but keeping the distance. But then I'm also like, if these are the kind of people that I'm getting the sense they are, that's the kind of thing somebody like that can use as kind of a place to start wedging in and causing issues in your life or using you to fuck with your parents or so it's this, this is such a tough one to answer because there are so many details and so much of this is like, with your parents and, and across generations and all of these different things. And, you know, we're just reading what we can out of this question that you wrote in, but I'm just going gut feeling on this. I don't, I don't think you should engage with this. Yeah. I, it's like a suspicious I, link. It's like, yeah. you just got a, a weird link from a website <laughs> that you don't recognize. And they're like, click this to feel complete. And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, sweet. I'm gonna, I won. I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> big, big time, big time scammer energy, especially like the, the giving the number to the grandparents and they're texting you a purpose. If nothing, I got a text weird. from a number that I did not have that said, I'm praying for you. And then the way your life yeah. direction is going, I would be like, ah, and block no. that number instantly. I'd be like, no, thank you. I don't, I don't no. want any. No, thank you. You can go ahead and keep those to yourself, actually. Yeah. Cursed, cursed energy coming out of that. So <laughs> I, I, I think this is where we're at. I feel like we're all on the same page here. I would, I would just not engage with this. Um, 
But this is a really tough one. I understand like thinking over this a lot and wanting to write in. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Uh, I didn't quite like my last thing on this. I didn't quite understand. Is their relationship with their parents good? Because I, if it is, I would talk to them and be like, hey, this is happening. Because, I mean, they've been yeah. there for you. From my understanding of what I read here, they've been there for you. I would want to, like, they cut these people off for a good reason, it sounds like. I would want to understand more of that. But also, like, that's just opening up all these old wounds and stuff. And I, I don't think you need to do that. I kind of yeah. just think this is a this is a fucking Pandora's box. And you got to keep it closed even if the link is very exciting, because maybe you want an iPhone 5. It's not worth the iPhone 5. It's like the... um, Because the goal here is to uh, uh, reduce the chaos that this is potentially going to cause. And I, I don't know. I think maybe bringing it up and be like, hey, you remember those people that, like, raised you? And then... Yeah. um. Like you had to cut out of your life because they hated the person that you love most in the world. They're talking to me. Yeah. I don't see how that, that comes out. Um, calm, you know, I don't see how things remain placid in the face of that. God damn. It sucks. It's a lot. That's not fun. We love intergenerational trauma and it's so much fun and it's so easy to deal with. God fucking damn it. Uh, no, we, we wish you the best on this. And, you know, write in if you got updates, as, as, as we always say, particularly for this one, what you what you decide to do if you feel like talking yeah. more about We'd it. We'd like to hear more. Um, but again, I, I think don't. I, I think continue on with the people in your life who did care about you. I guarantee they're going to be a better asset to your life than these people sending sketchy texts. That's just, it's all very strange. I don't, I don't like it. Good Lord. <laughs> Let's get, what else we got in this question? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Do I want to do this one? It gets a little randy. Uh, hi, Dono and guest featuring Audrey, which. Nah, I don't care for that. I don't care for that. Classic mix up. I don't care for that. Um, I am friends with an artist who draws rule 63 porn online. That's gender TF porn. That's uh, uh, a pornographic uh, uh, illustration of somebody being transformed into the other gender. Uh, okay. Uh, sometimes against their will. Uh, I recently found out that they have been drawing me and our other friends in this art in his art. Uh, whether depicting us as one of us as becoming a woman or drawing hypersexualized art of the women that we become. Oh, no. This feels like a breach of privacy and personal space, and I'm not sure how to bring it up. I know my female friends and a few male friends are uncomfortable with this, but have not actively spoken up. How can we politely tell this person to stop? That's terrifying. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. You can't go drawing cartoon porn of people in your life. That's real outrageous. bad. <laughs> it's really bad. How did how did they find this out? Did they did they just tell you that they were doing this or did you come across like how did they come across this? Did you find their deviant art? 
Yeah, did you like are they posting this stuff on main? Yeah. Seraphina looks very concerned. Oh, I'm just confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here going, what the like what the fuck? <laughs> I is this, is this what people have to deal with now? Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> My, my, you know, my worst, my, my worst problems were obviously Republicans who didn't pay for their own dinners. <laughs> but, um, God, the world has changed. Oh my God. Particularly would... if you're in some niche corners uh, or familiar with people in some niche corners of the internet, and not everybody is like this, but you've got kind of that mm. crossover of people who are into like specific fetish stuff like this and <laughs> fetish art. Like... These people mess it up for everybody else who has just like a thing that they want to, you know, explore yeah. on their own right. and do their thing. And then they have to go and like make it so bad that all of a sudden all the Tipper Gores of the world come out. They're like, we can't have this. Tip Tipper Gore was the second lady <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> um, so She's like, partially responsible for the... Um, Explicit, explicit lyrics. Labels. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. But anyway, I had to go back to my generation because I didn't know what we were trying. I know. I'm, I'm not super familiar with their politics, but I think Tipper Gore would not like gender transformation pornography. No, probably not. <laughs> I don't think she would like it. <laughs> it. Anybody doing anything like that against your will, using your own image? I mean. We just had a, a 118, whatever, uh, how many ever many days strike about this. And, you know, production yeah, companies yeah. using AI, right? Like, no, you're not going to do it. Not going to do it. And you're not yeah. certainly not going to publish it somewhere. Um, did they say, did I miss that? Did they Are they publishing it online or are they just like drawing I it? I mean, I have to imagine, like with this kind of stuff, you know, you're typically posting on DeviantArt or like some yeah. kind of forum. And again, like that's fine if you're just drawing art, not to shame anybody doing this stuff, but specifically right. using people in your life without their consent. It's creepy. It's yeah. it's kind of assaulty. Like this is in sex crimes territory to me. Yes. It's a really fucked up thing to do. And I don't like I don't think you can even politely tell this person. I think you got to like go scorched earth on this motherfucker. This is totally unacceptable. Yeah. The only like situation I can see this is somebody not realizing that that's a fucked up thing to do, which is not yeah. an excuse for it. But also like how how would how do you not realize that that's going to be a problem with people? And that's where I'm again fun. like how did you come across this information? Did they flat out tell you they were doing this or did somebody like happen upon this? I'm just wondering like is this somebody with weird fucking boundaries happening or some kind of like social unawareness that doesn't realize how fucked up this is, which again, doesn't excuse it, but at least I'd be like, if there've been an okay person in other regards, confront them and be like, this is fucked up. You need to get rid of this stuff. You are violating consent. You're doing all of these things. Or is this somebody who knows what they're doing and it got out in some way? Because in that case, that's just like a, burn that person and then also like what's even the legal recourse in a situation like this because if it's art that they're drawing like they're not using pictures of you but they're they're clearly using you like that's such yeah. a that's such a creepy gray area and i don't know how you handle that i think you go to them and you say 
hey, uh, just uh, wanted to let you know that I do not consent to be a model for your gender TF pornography any longer. I never consented in the first place. It's incredibly fucked up that you did it to begin with, and you will discontinue it immediately. God. That was really well put. Thank you. I strive yeah. to be that that clear and concise because oh, it would you. come out of my mouth like, what the fuck? Jerry, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you, Jerry, or whatever the person's name is, you know. This is Jerry. I, I would just, I would, you know, my Cecilia would get up and I'd be like, I would be all freaking out. But man, that's, oh my God, that's awful. I, I'm sitting so here thinking, well, which would be worse if that was happening to my one of my kids or if one of my kids was doing that? Yeah. Oh, see, that's the all, thing when you're that anus. when you are that responsible for another human right. being. Mm-hmm. That's that's some shit that I don't ever want to have to think about. That's why I'm not having any fucking kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm guys, I, I gotta that. go. I gotta go down to the dorms and yell at my kids. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do, mom? You know, you know what you did. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry this is happening to y'all because this is like, it's also just so, it's absurd. It is like absurdly terrifying. Like, obviously this is this breach and it's violating and it's incredibly upsetting. But like, what a weird, there's not like a playbook for this. I've, I have never heard, I mean, it, it makes sense. Something like this would happen. I don't know. I know people do like deep fake stuff and AI stuff that's extremely questionable in a, in a, fucking huge problem but like this specific niche thing of this person being a, a an artist who who does this not safe for work stuff and just starts chucking you in there that's so fucking weird yeah. i would i don't know i would be so just baffled on top of being upset by this uh talk to your friends because you said other friends this has happened to also yeah. Like, get together and talk about this and confront this person together, I would say. I wonder if you do, like, a signed letter. Like, somebody drafts a letter and then everyone else is a signatory on the letter. Like a cease and desist? (laughs) Like a, what the fuck, man? (laughs) A cease and desist and also what the fuck is going on? I think you all get baseball bats and you go menace this motherfucker until they you just go smash their hard drive and make them give you their logins. Like that's the biggest thing here is like I delete all of this shit. Yeah. I also I don't know. I'm 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 a fucking idiot. We've established this on this program. I'm smart in some ways. The law is not one of them. Same. I have to imagine there, there might be something that covers this kind of thing as far as like revenge pornography kind of stuff. I know there's laws like that in some places. Like, if this person does not cooperate and delete all of this, like I, I would call in backup for something like this because that's, it's, it's so, it's so much, it's so yeah. much. It's extremely bad. And I think sometimes absurd situations like this can kind of take you out of it in a way that makes you feel like it's less serious because it's just like, what do, what, how do, how, how have I, would I possibly be equipped to deal with this bizarrely specific situation? But just like understand that this is really fucked up and that they absolutely should delete all of this 
and you should not have to deal with any of this stuff. This isn't something that can be kind of swept under the rug. I'm sorry that y'all are dealing with this. God damn. And we condemn them. <laughs> That's the most important part of this. You show them that the yes. Radio Free Topic podcast has called them a fucking weirdo and not in the good way and to knock this shit off. An official <laughs> condemnation. That's right. Show. We're kind of like the United Nations. Second yeah. only to the United... Tied with the United Nations. <laughs> They're sending some strongly worded statements. All right. we got. You want to hit one more? Let's do one more. Find it. Find one with some levity. Yeah, God, Seraphina, sorry for your first episode. We had you with uh, multi generational family trauma, extremely niche uh, internet terror uh, stuff. You know, it's, and then also it is the me, season. It, it's a holiday <laughs> episode. It's the Thanksgiving special, and we are happy thankful. holidays. <laughs> gobble gobble. <laughs> Hey, enjoy a nice pumpkin pie when you're hearing about Shit. terrors that you didn't know existed. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, I'm gonna scroll for a second. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find a really good one for you this. You got this. Come on, come on. Hey, what's up? Let me get a number two with a cherry coke. Can we go large on the fries? Oh shit! Wait, this is a question box, not a jack in the box. Nice one, listener. I'm smiling. I'm I'm smirking a little bit over here. You can have a cherry Coke, though. I'll get you one of them. And that's a RFTB promise. Uh, <laughs> I, 30M, have had, like, one random hookup in my life. I'd really like to get some new sexual experiences under my belt, but I have a lot of reservations about using an app just to find hookups or friends with benefits. It just feels skeezy attaching my face to basically a public ad asking if anyone wants to have sex, even though consciously I absolutely don't feel this way about others doing the same thing. I feel like the bar scene isn't right for me either for similar reasons. Do you have any tips for snapping myself out of this? I'll pull up to the second window for my answer. Very the first window is closed. There's just a bunch of like syrup boxes. They're using it as storage space. We do it all <laughs> at the second window now. It's very confusing. <laughs> syrup boxes. I just I saw that the other that. day. It has stuck with me. There is so many of them. That's amazing. I feel like this is largely somebody who just doesn't have a lot of experience and is like feeling not confident about trying to hit on people or get out there. Because yeah. like you say, I, you recognize if other people were doing this, you wouldn't think it's weird. Right. This just seems like you're, you know, feeling self-conscious about putting yourself out there. This is where I wanted to get. You have to do a thing that I can't do which is forgive yourself the things that you forgive in other people yes you have to be like i i'll i'll go on the app because i would never think anything ill about anyone else who went on the apps i will i will allow myself that same grace that i give to literally every other person on the yes. planet do it's hard. That. It's so hard. It's so hard. But you, you I feel like you have to just kind of let yourself live. 100%. Mhm. <laughs> that was my that was my input. Mhm. 
<laughs> Glad I came on your show. Honoring <laughs> <laughs> her catch classic catchphrase. Ha ha. Ah, the classic Serafina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's a vulnerability thing. I think is mm. part of it because you would extend that courtesy to other people. You recognize it's not weird for other people to put themselves out there. I, I, I think a lot of this is just that it's, it's a vulnerable thing to do. And if you haven't done a lot of it to put yourself out there and be like, I, I am single and I would like to meet somebody and do sex stuff and have romance and whatever the fuck it's like, that's a vulnerable thing to do. Mm-hmm. You're putting yourself out there for judgment in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just like the the nature of dating, and you gotta recognize that like ninety percent of that is rejection or just people not being interested in you or whatever. Because you gotta find people that you line up with, and that's fine. It doesn't say anything about your worth as a person. It isn't skeezy for you to be wanting those experiences. The only thing that would make it skeezy is if you're a weirdo about it, and it, it sounds like you're not doing that. Yeah. So you just get out there and be like, hey, you just got to own, you know, I'm single. I'm trying to meet people and then just chat with people and see what happens. Easy. Slam put it in the like the the context of, well, the worst thing that could happen here is if I'm truly being myself and just trying to put myself out there. The, the, the worst thing that can happen is another person says, eh, you're not for me, but good luck. Right. Yeah. And you have to understand that you're not going to be everybody's number one. It's like acting. Yes. Sometimes you're going to get the part. Sometimes you're not going to get the part. You're never going to know why you didn't get the part. But if you freak out every time about why you didn't get the part, there's other parts that are that are out there to get that you're not paying attention to. Yeah. <laughs> that was good, right? I like that. Hey, call like Fran Drescher. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> That is that is a big parallel though. That's a t-shirt. Call Fran Drescher, put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. That's the yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> this is a very good parallel though, because that is a lot of dating is just learning to accept rejection and yeah. not stew on it and let it drag you down because it's just a waste of energy. And there's a lot and- of things in life like that. And emphasizing your positive qualities and putting yourself in situations where people can read those positive qualities and accept you into whatever position you might want to fill, be it a part or a partner, you know? Oh, nice wordplay. Oh, oh, she's doing a dance. (laughs) But that's that's a skill and it takes practice. And if you've only had, you know, one hookup in your entire life, and I don't know, you didn't mention like relationships or stuff other than that. But like, even if you, you've been in a relationship for an, for a while and you're getting back to dating, like there is a skill in learning to just be vulnerable in that way and be yourself authentically. Cause that's how you meet people you really connect with. Cause they gotta be able to see who the fuck you are. Um, and it just takes practice and it's also okay to like feel nervous about it. And these things that you're describing, uh, something I, have tried to work on, including in acting classes, is reframing that kind of nervousness as excitement because it's a new thing that you're doing. And there's like a ton of energy that comes with that. And it is terrifying sometimes because you're putting yourself out there in any way can just be so overwhelming, especially if you haven't done it in a while. Uh, 
And it can be tempting to be like, this feels scary, and so I need to avoid this thing. But I find if you lean into that in whatever kind of way is right for you, uh, that fear starts to go away, and the more you reframe it as excitement, because it is like what this is, uh, you can start getting kind of a boost out of it, and it stops being such a, a, such a scary thing. So like in your case, if the bar scene isn't right for you, you don't have to go to fucking bars and meet people mm -hmm. that way. And if apps are wigging you out, you don't have to do that either. We give this advice a, a million times, but just like go do some stuff you like doing and try to meet people through there and just be cool to people and see who you connect with. Yeah. Um, but no matter what way you slice it, you're going to have to be vulnerable and get out there. Uh, but it, it, it gets easier and you can do that. And you listen to this program. So you got a whole toolkit. A fantastic advice from six years of episodes, and you're cool as hell because you listen to this program. We believe in you. Oh yeah, we do. And definitely, those apps aren't for everybody. I, I tried that once, and all I was doing was was correcting their grammar and sending their messages back. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like you're not for me, but here's some tips. That's its own kind of fun. <laughs> Ooh, like, swing a miss. Maybe if you don't lead with the picture of your genitals. Right. And also use a semicolon correctly, for God's sake. <laughs> Two important aspects of online dating. We're always talking about this on this program, that the, the semicolon is kind of the essential uh, piece of the, of the dating world that people miss out on. Yeah, people don't. People don't know. People they know don't know. Now, they don't know. But you can't judge someone else's semicolon until you know how to use yours properly. This is true. You simply must know how to use your colon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this brings us to the end of the program. We got to give Serafina a round of applause for joining Thank you us so much. That was so. This was my. This was my first podcast interview. <gasps> Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you would think that someone as important as me has been on so many, but no, this is my first. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to, to come on. So it, was, it was great chatting with you as always. Where can, uh, where can people find your stuff? They can find me on uh, imdb.com. Yeah. Serafina Vecchio. You can see some random stuff I've done. And, uh, you know, just one of those crazy Google searches will show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. But hopefully not any of those uh, terrible, horrible drawings that no one wants done of them when they're not. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm going to go guarantee. look at. <laughs> you guys start... called it something cool and kitschy. Not, gender, not cool or kitschy. Gender but... TF porn. Jeez. Rule 63, gender TF. Yes, of course. Yes, it's elementary. <laughs> well. Hopefully you don't Welcome. find any of that. I don't think you will. But it'll probably be Welcome a lot back about to you. The internet. Ugh, God. Oh I think that God. could be like a good guarantee that we give. Like, hey, search Radio Free Tote Bag. We promise it's our we stamp of approval. You will not find weird, uh, unacceptable boundary crossing yes. animated pornography from us. And that's a that's a promise. You that's can a trust. promise. That's right. That's right. If you run for office, that's your that's your thing. <laughs> That's the platform. That's, That's your platform. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank oh, you God. again. And we yes. also have to thank our dear patrons. Uh, you heard Caveman Dono talking earlier. We got a Patreon. We got bonus episodes each week. 
five dollars a month you get that bonus episode each week we got a discord we'll mail you a sticker but for ten dollars a month we shout your name out in lights at the end of each main episode audrey who are we shouting out first we begin as we do with anemone and then it's our lovely day one barb you skipped somebody because you don't have it alphabetical I was trying to go from memory. I thought I could do it. I could not do it. With Anthony Lindbergh. (laughs) We're going to shout out once again, our beloved day one Barb. That's so crazy. That's her name. That's my nickname for Anthony Lindbergh is Barb. (laughs) What What a weird mix up that was. We're shouting out Brian Alflord is good, actually. We're going to shout out Donovan's day one. Their father. Whoa, yeah! Shouts out. We're shouting out Dylan. We're going to shout out Gigi. We're shouting out Inflatable Dream. Which I believe is new shit. Is that from last week? New shit? I think it was new shit last week. We'll say new shit again, though. We'll say new shit again. You get another new shit. Thank you for your new support. We're going to shout out K friggin' Money. We're shouting out Laser McGraw is thankful for RFTB. It's lovely hosts. It's great community. And oh, Christ, the turkey is still alive. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to shout out Malcriata. (laughs) We're shouting out MC Proletor Riot. We're going to shout out. Ooh, it's like cellar door. Mickey Flykick. We're shouting out Pablo Hummus. We're going to shout out Rico Suave. We're shouting out Riley. From episode 105, the Yellow Rose of Toteland, we're going to shout out Ryan, Rich Homie, Click Clack. We're shouting out Spreadable Fruit. We're souping out Super Deformed. Oh, nice one. We're synthing out Synth Mage. We're going to shout out a lovely podcast that supports us at the $10 a month level. It's the worst of all possible worlds. Whoa, we're toughing out, tufted Tim Mouse. I'm keeping the bit going. <laughs> we're going to shout out Wendy because everyone knows it's Wendy. And finally, last but not least, we're running out, Ren. Thank you all so much for your support. You truly are the, the wind, wind beneath, beneath our, wings. our wings. You are the wind beneath our wings. You are the wind beneath our wings. Uh, I did the music. The intro theme is Horn Filters, the love theme from RFTB. You can find it in more songs like it at soundcloud.com slash RFTBpod. I just posted 14 new tracks from, well, not new if you've listened to the episodes, but 14 of the outro tracks that I didn't do for weeks and weeks and weeks as an upload are now available on that very SoundCloud. Uh, And I'm going to do another one this week for this one, which you will hear shortly. Hell yeah. That's... That's it. That's That's it. That's all the stuff. I'm going to get right up on this microphone as I have a tendency to do, and I'm going to say I love you. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye.